Welcome to the Veza Insider. I'm Stefan Katanich, and this is Strachin Stojanovic. And today we're going to be talking about our sales process, our business development process, how we grew so quick in the last like 12 months and, and what our progress was. Stan, I think this is uh, due to happen between the two of us on this podcast. We're, we're connecting every day, talking about different, different tools, different strategies, yeah. tactics, and um, I think now it's time for us to flex to the world how how much experience we've gained together in the last uh, 12 months and where we're going to go in the next 12 months. For sure, for sure, man. I mean, it's uh, it's been quite a journey. I mean, um, what's been like a year and a half I've been in Vesa and uh, for me it feels like I've been here forever, right? And yeah. uh, just insane growth over the over the last 12 months specifically. Um, but yeah, what's what's curious right now uh, I'm, you know, I, I was in the beginning. I was very curious. You know, I was just a curious guy. I wanted to understand different things. I was learning by doing, and then um, now we're at a phase expanding the team, and uh, it's getting bigger and bigger. And uh, I feel like we'll uh, we'll grow just even more. Yeah, definitely. It's like what I was thinking about this. It's like every time, every month that goes by, we get a little bit bigger. It becomes a little bit more complex. A little bit more complexities come into into play. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, um, right now, you know, our, our focus is just on, on, on growing the team and uh, and um, uh, creating a top-notch onboarding and being enough, uh, you know, providing enough support for uh, for new people to uh, to onboard so we can uh, we can scale even more. Yeah. What are your thoughts on? I mean, you, you've been here longer, of course. Uh, you're the founder, but when you take a look, like twelve months back, twelve and a half months back, and you know. What is your uh, what are your observations in terms of um, what stood out the most? Is it our outbound process? Is it is it our uh, uh, relationship building with prospects? What do you yeah. think? I think it's our standardization. You know, like we we do something really well, and then that thing that does really well, we start to standardize it, right? Yeah. And then the thing is though, it's like we try five different things, and maybe and like three to four of them fail, and it's whatever. Yeah, it's a part of like the game, you know, and then those one or two that succeed, they overcome those those failures and it becomes better, right? And and you do an amazing job with standardizing things. You're like a very process-driven individual and, and your responsibility has like built basically responsibility throughout like the business development organization, like yeah. part of VESA. It's it's funny for me because um, I'm, I am a process-driven guy by nature, but I'm also, I improvise a lot yeah. and uh, I think, always try to think outside of the box and you know when i see something is kind of working as a result of, of uh pure um you know impro improvisation yeah uh, i try to document that process and uh you know just uh, enhance it a bit more ask for advice you know like right now we hired three sdrs um i want them to participate i want them to be able to share their feedback and their thoughts mm -hmm. because that's the only way how we can improve the process like they're doing that that's every single day and they know what are the pros and cons and i think that that's the goal how we can uh, make our processes better and and you know just just smoother overall yeah and like you're now doing something completely new you know you hired three new sdrs yeah. they're doing discovery calls appointment setting all of these things and how does it feel like for you stepping into like a like a, a real leadership position now it, it's it's an amazing feeling like i've um i was lucky to work with you know some uh, very experienced individuals in uh, in the past throughout my career and i feel like i picked up a lot of great things in terms of uh, how to effectively manage a team yeah but not to be there to just you know micromanage people so i'm trying to be there to provide enough freedom 
to them to provide enough um, autonomy in their work, but also to support and provide feedback and coaching. Um, and as I mentioned, like I'm, 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 um, I'm trying to be just um, as as supportive as, as possible. And um, I think that's that's the key to success. Yeah, definitely. You have you're the type of guy who has a nurturing. Um nurturing not not persona but you have that inside of you. you're like a naturally nurturing person right yeah and it's just like i see it, it it's very subconscious and it's very indirect the way you the way you uh nurture people but it's it's a habit that you learned like when you were a kid and as you're growing up and stuff like that and like um you know i think it's one of your strengths you're, it a, is. Natu- you're a natural nurture person yeah, thanks but uh, i think that's for the for the most part you know i was uh I played soccer like entire like almost 15 16 years. Yeah. And that's where I re- really learned to be a a true team player and yeah. just uh build those relationships and nurture those relationships. I mm-hmm. think that that's something that um that's super important not just in business but in in life in general. Yeah, got you, got you. And and because you're like a nurturing person, you have that experience being in soccer, you're obviously a goalie, right? Yeah, yeah, goalie. It's the the like, worst position. <laughs> well, actually, think about it. The the person that has to score the ball has to pass ten other people before they get to you. Yeah, you gotta have some authority there, but yeah. you gotta be friends with everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like now, okay, so now we have a sales organization here at Veza. Yeah. You know, you got three SDRs, you got a couple appointment setters there as well. You got an outbound specialist. You have yourself, obviously. What do you think is your biggest challenge now when it comes to when it comes to just managing these people and like leading these people? The biggest challenge is um, we all have our quotas, our numbers, right? I'm not concerned about our us not hitting those numbers because I know we have enough quality and we can be there. I'm super confident and uh, we've showed it in the past. Um, what I'm trying to to be improve myself as well in that is, again, I can't say this enough, but provide enough autonomy and flexibility to people to, yeah, they have processes, but they have to be, you know, best at what they do mm. you know they can go outside of that process maybe something good will come out of that that's the type that's my type of work right that's what i said i improvise a lot so the biggest challenge is just you know providing enough autonomy but still um being able to keep everyone accountable for um for the, the goals and and and, and the, the kpis we have for our growth yeah got you and it sounds like you have a pretty good grasp on how you want to create this team and how you want to report all these things right now yeah. it's just about every every single day doing little by little to actually get to that point you know exactly and like i always had a, i always had like a, a vision for us at veza to have <clears throat> different divisions which is what we have yeah and every division is its own autonomous unit exactly yeah. you know a part of a larger collective community and i remember that when i was joining that's yeah. that's what we talked about like one of the first thing we talked yeah, about actually, exactly yeah. and it's and it's like that too because man i've worked in some fucking toxic organizations yeah where it's like you know you're you're micromanaged every single day you know and i've been through that i, I didn't last long i had to eject myself and i told myself i'm like i would never ever like go back to that environment and because i don't like it when people do it to me i wouldn't ever create an organization that has that yes there is pressure sometimes we know yeah. that that's in every organization yeah but the whole like Hey, A, B, C, D, every single day, like every hour of the day, I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm a fan of just like, you know, showing results. Everyone's operating in their own, um, in their own lane yeah. kind of thing. And everyone's contributing to the greater good of the community. But yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, I guess everyone who's working in sales definitely had experience where they've been micromanaged and, you know, they've been under a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, but again, 
that's something we're not trying to do here. Of course, there is some pressure there, but um, we have to work as a team. And mm -hmm. I'm the type of guy that if somebody on my team does not perform, the first thing I'll do, I'll probably blame myself for not providing enough support. Yeah. But then, of course, there's going to be, you know, uh, improvement there. But again, if, if I only after a certain time, if I feel like I provided enough support and I, I gave the best that I, I, I can to support them uh, and they're not, you know, generating results, then we can have a conversation about it. But again, uh, it's it's about being accountable, not just, you know, uh, delegating tasks and not having any responsibility mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And you know what the thing is? It's like the three people you have now under SDR role. One of these three people are going to step into your role. Exactly. You know, so it's like you got to basically get that mindset that you have into the three of these people. And who knows? It probably might be six people by the end of the year. We don't know. Yeah, depending exactly. on how fast, how fast we grow, right? So it's like um, the 80-20 principle, yeah. right? It's like... How do you generate 80% of your results with 20% of your effort? And it's about finding that in all of your processes, your systems, and the results you get on a weekly basis and just like doubling down on that yeah. with more and more people. Now is the time to talk about automations and AI, right? Yeah, of course, <laughs> we're, we're the masters of that. No, I, uh, I really enjoy automating the process and making mm -hmm. it as simple as possible and as transparent as possible. Mm -hmm but not forgetting to keep the human touch in yeah. there. That's the most important aspect for me. Uh, but yeah, I think automation in terms of everything that we can automate will definitely automate and we are doing that. Um, but yeah, that that's the whole point. Like with some of the things that are very time consuming, they definitely can be automated mm -hmm. and uh, all the energy should be focused on really building those relationships. And that's what I'm talking with uh, all three SDRs and, and, and uh, you know anyone on my team just to be there to... Focus on building relationships, uh, understanding um, um, people's problems, and just understanding if we if we have the solution for them. Everything else that is time like there's no SDR in the world that that loves updating CRM. Like mm -hmm. that's the, that's a nightmare. Like mm -hmm. you know you did everything and now you have to go there and yeah. spend 25 minutes updating CRM. But it's important for us to have yeah. visibility. Those things can be automated. Right. And that, that's what we are trying to create. Right now that we're talking about automations. So a big part of your role is you, you've automated a significant amount of the work that you do around outbound, around inbound, around onboarding, all these different things, right? So for people listening right now and for the startups that we work with and some of their teams that are probably listening, you know, how do you approach setting up a, a sales funnel? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, the first step for me is whenever... There's a startup, there's a company, you know, they, they've been in a phase where they've been growing to some extent and now they need to grow more. Yeah. Um, I always ask a question like, can you give me like three of your best clients? Mm -hmm. And we go into very deep analysis. Like we, we, we go very deep into, into aspects like, you know, um, company, the date that the, the company was funded, um, the, the, the date that, um, 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 you know, they grew their sales team, for example, um, also like their um, um, organization size, all of those aspects, right? Um, their ideal customers, like, you know, what kind of problems they solve, what kind of, let's say if it's a software company, what kind of platform or solution they have, and just, you know, what kind of problems they solve for their customers. And on top of that, we, we try to dig deep into um, into personas and, and, and people and their personal affinities, you know, just to understand their style communication, um, you know, uh, analyzing their social media profiles and everything else. So we have a very comprehensive analysis there. And once we have that, we have a foundation on, of how we want to approach, yeah. you know, some companies 
can benefit from outbound. Some companies can benefit f- more from inbound as well. So I think that's that's a great starting point uh, before we do anything else. Got you. And now with with like sales processes, right? We use different types of tools for these things, right? Yeah. And so going to that going into that that sales funnel, right? So you have like the pre-frame, the research part you just mentioned. Yeah. Now we've tested. I know you you've tested from A all the way to Z of different types of tools. Yeah. Right. Uh, when it comes to building a sales funnel, what kind of tools are we looking at? Like, what are your top picks for tools? That's a tough question. There's a, there's a ton of great tools out there. Uh, sometimes it's hard to pick, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they all articulate what they do on their websites, and mm-hmm. it's all similar. And sometimes it's very hard to um, to really assess that until you try those. So yeah. we tried anything from um apollo instantly ample markets uh lemlist um dripify for linkedin automations um expand the octopus here like there's a ton of tools there if i had to choose um a couple of tools that we would use the topics for me um it's definitely apollo i know it's a you know it's a viral tool. A lot yeah. of sales team or teams are using that, but it can be used wisely. Like they have a sure. fairly accurate database of contact information and a lot of features that, that you can use with their extension, like on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. on on, uh, on um, company websites, yeah. understanding, you know, seeing companies, rev- estimated revenues, funding status. Um, you so know. if you were just starting off, let's say you started from day one yeah. right now, would you use Apollo and that would be your only tool? It's it's cost effective, yes. Yeah. Like if I didn't have any budget and I needed to get started, I would use Apollo, um, because that's you know it's it's the most cost effective and yeah. it offers the most value for uh, what you're paying. For sure. On top of that, I would probably pick Lemlist. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's a tool that, and general, like their team and uh, the entire organization is is very supportive. So. The tool has some amazing features and functionalities to personalize your outreach at scale, uh, and it's something that I would definitely recommend. Cool. So using Apollo, so you're using Apollo now to build these lead lists, right? And you're reaching out to them via email on Lemlist. Correct. Nice. nice. So essentially, it's not just about building those lists and reaching out to people. I think that's one of the common mistakes with, uh, with Outbound. It has to be relevant. Yeah. And how you make it relevant, like... Your social media accounts, let's say LinkedIn, a lot of, let's say if you're in, in, in SaaS world, a lot of these startups will, and their CEOs and their decision makers and and, and CMOs will be active on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So you really have to build your personal brand on LinkedIn. You mm-hmm. really have to post some high quality, relevant content mm-hmm. there that will resonate with people. You have to grow your network. And there's no best, there's no better tool for that uh, than um, uh, let's say Lamblist to engage with those people because it kind of unifies everything in the same funnel. You have email, you have LinkedIn. And again, if you're active on on social media and LinkedIn, uh, I feel like you can uh, build some relationships pretty fast. I had a podcast earlier this week with Roy Sadler. He's the founder and CEO of Trumpet. We use Trumpet to make those microsites and those sales engagement. And he gave me a really interesting stat. He said that 77% of people that go onto your website and book a demo, um, They've already done all their research on you, your website, your social media presence, who's on your team, what kind of experience your team has, all these things before they book a call. Yeah. 77%, that's like, that's, that's more than two thirds of people actually doing their due diligence before they even book a call. Yeah. Right? So it's like, when they go through that sales funnel and they see like the tools we use, how properly optimized everything is, how our email triggers go out after they submit a form, yeah. when they go on your LinkedIn, my LinkedIn, anyone's LinkedIn here at Veza, 
they're already saying, oh, they're already putting in their mind like an anchor of what to expect when they work with us. Yeah, and that builds credibility. Like it builds uh, credibility. Um, speaking of, of Rory, I definitely I love Trumpet. It's a, mm-hmm. a, a, sorry, Rory, I forgot that tool, but it's a, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a great tool really, like allows you to standardize a lot of things. Like yeah. um, I, I build the entire sales onboarding process on Trumpet. Yeah. And every new hire has their, their own copy and we have mutual action plans there. We collaborate, we, we exchange comments. Uh, on the platform so uh, definitely recommend it it's crazy how much technology has impacted our our own growth much as us imagine like doing this 20 years ago 30 years ago yeah you're, you're using a pen and paper and like a whiteboard or like not even a whiteboard a chalkboard yeah know, yeah trying to i still like white whiteboard whiteboards today. are yeah. great <laughs> whiteboards we've been through a couple but you know <laughs> it's good man stan i want to know like you know you as a guy, where do you get your creativity from outside of work when you're not at Veza? What do you what do you do to get creative to like loosen up your mind to get new ideas to be innovative, all of that? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. It's um, for me, it's all about um, having a balance, right? Yeah. So if I say I, if I say I exercise a lot, um, that's just my desire. <laughs> I would love to be uh, you know uh, more present there as well. Uh, but I do have like. A, weekly soccer um, game uh, with, with um, you know, a group of friends. So we go out, you know, we we play we play a game, we grab a beer afterwards, uh, hang out a lot with my uh, friends. We try not to talk about uh, business, right? And, you know, it's just spending time with my family as well. Um, I do a lot of walking, like, yeah. you know, being outside, um, traveling as well that's everything that that comes into inspiration allows me to recharge and then uh, every time i get back i'm, I'm uh, laser focused i i notice i notice you like change oh absolutely yeah like, it's i'm like that I, too. I don't like routine yeah same. um that that's that's one thing about me like yeah. change uh and and it sounds like a cliche but challenge as well like mm. if i feel like i i mastered a skill after a certain time um, it becomes boring and I have to change a couple of things and try mm-hmm. to improve it again. So uh, I feel I feel like we're similar uh, in that aspect uh, for sure. One hundred percent. I'm like that too. I don't like. I mean, routine for me. When I have routine, the routine I actually religiously st- stick through is is my morning routine. I wake up, have my coffee, have my lemon water, right? Journal, maybe say a little prayer if I have to, yeah. and then you know I I put that that feeling of just like hey, I did what I had to do this morning. I feel good. I go to work, right? And now work can be going to the office for a meeting, can be going somewhere in the city for a meeting, it can be working from home. Yeah. Um, but that to me is my, my only routine that I, that, I, that I don't want to change is that morning routine. That's so, great. I mean, um, what I started doing recently is um, I after my morning coffee, I go out for a run. But outdoors, I don't like treadmills and uh, and, and, and gym. Yeah, like, you want to see new scenery. You want to yeah, feel yeah. the wind in your face. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I um, I go out for a run. It's just a 30-minute run. Yeah. Actually, what I do, I listen to our Vesa Talks podcast every single oh, time nice. I run. You know, uh, that that's that's the time for me to also just, you know, have some time to listen in. Yeah. And there's a lot of great guests, so learn a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, grab grab some great experience. And then, you know... Um, back home preparing for uh for uh, a business day and then either it's office or apartment my apartment is like five minutes from here yeah. which which is great as well yeah. <laughs> we're neighbors yeah exactly <laughs> no it's good i actually told luca the other day i'm like just listen to this like we we literally live within 500 meters yeah we do everything within 500 <laughs> meters grocery shopping shopping restaurants work yeah. gym everything, pool yeah. like everything is within a 500 meter radius you know and then then there's the occasion where like once or twice a week i drive 35 kilometers north. 
that's that's not bad, right? Yeah, I like it. I, I enjoy it. You know, yeah. I gotta try that. Maybe one morning I'll go running with you. I wanna. I like the morning runs when it's yeah. nice and you know a little bit warm. Not like this rainy stuff, but I like it when it's. Yeah. Let me know. It has to be like seven o'clock, seven yeah, a.m. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds like you can wake up. I can wake up. Okay. I can wake up. You know, <laughs> this morning was a little bit rough, but I can I can definitely wake up okay. when I have to. Um, Stan, I want to ask you now. So. Obviously, you've been you've been crushing it at Vezza for the last 12, 18 months, I'd say, right? About um, eighteen months. Yeah, year and a half. Eighteen months. Where do you? And this is very a very cliche question, right? But where do you see yourself in two years when you're thirty years old? Tough question, right? Yeah. Um, I enjoy what I do, really. Like, I'm the type of person that I try to lead by example, mm-hmm. and I feel like, you know, ten years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully I can uh, have a bigger team and, uh, I'll be more into, um, now sales coaching sounds, uh, wrong. I don't like sales coaching, but you know, yeah. managing the team and, 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 uh, you know, uh, seeing, seeing the growth, but still doing some of the things that I do nowadays. Like I enjoy, um, you know, being creative with, with outbound process, mm-hmm. thinking of different ways to engage with people. Uh, building those relationships, uh, building those partnerships, um, you know, doing those discovery meetings, why not as well? Like spending pe- time time with people and understanding their challenges and uh, understanding uh, how and if we can help. So those are the things that I really enjoy and I don't see myself changing that. I just see becoming better and better and uh, growing the team uh, yeah. and just uh, focusing more on, um, you know, providing enough uh, support and training to... Uh, I actually see you as a sales coach. Again, I don't like that word sales coach. Sales leader. Let's call it okay. sales leader. Okay. You know? A whistle. That sounds boom, better. not good. <laughs> you know, blow the whistle to people. I see you I see you as that because you've always had like a you've always had a, a disposition of, of being your own man and being your own sales leader between the people you work with, right? Even yeah. if they're working even if they're collaborating with you in a separate division, you still you still bring that that sort of leadership very indirectly though, right? because um, obviously people do things consciously and unconsciously and unconsciously you i I mentioned earlier you have that nurturing ability right and then consciously you have the knowledge that you apply right and so if you continue working on these skills deliberately right by the time you're 30 or even like when you're 38 you know you're gonna have so much more experience not just experience but you're gonna have so much more reference points from other people around you that you've trained that you can then attribute to who you're gonna be as as a sales leader right and so I, d- I definitely see you like 10 years from now crushing as a sales leader. Well, thanks. I hope it's, I'm going to get there. You know, yeah. I, uh, it's, it's been a, a great journey for me so far. Like looking back 18 months ago and now I can't even like, that's, that's a huge difference in experience. Right. Yeah. And agencies like that, it's, it's a very fast environment and, mm-hmm. um, but I enjoy it again. As I mentioned, I don't, don't like routine. I like when things change. It's, it's, uh, everything is, you know, sometimes something is going on all the time so that that's the the environment i I thrive in Mm -hmm. awesome man and so like you know as as a sales leader where do you get your knowledge from it's uh my own research like i'm very um are there key figures you look at and learn from um definitely in terms of negotiations i really really like chris voss and his approach um i mean very experienced guy and uh, practical knowledge. Uh, you know, I definitely recommend watching his masterclass. Many people probably um, have already watched that, but uh, I feel like it's 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 uh, some great tactics that can be applied in 
everyday life, not just in, in, in work and not just in sales. Um, I also I also like Daniel Pink. There's a very he has a very scientific approach um, to uh, to sales. So you know I, I follow those people um, pretty much uh, on a daily basis, and uh, you know mm-hmm. just trying to to see what what's out there and what's new. Yeah. Have you heard of Bradley? No. Bradley's pretty good. He has yeah. this online training software for that company's white label, funny okay. enough, to make their own <laughs> online trainings. And he's been, like, I know he built it to, like, 50 to $100 million in revenue. Oh, cool. all, all by himself. I don't think he took any investment, nothing. He just sold the software. That's he's amazing, based in Las yeah. Vegas. You should check him out. He has a lot of good sales training. He's very similar to, okay, you know what? Let me put in a big example. So, Grant Cardone is all the way on this side of the spectrum. Yeah. And, like, on this side of the spectrum is, like, you don't know anything about sales. Bradley is like a fine guy right in the middle. That's good. Like he's very he's very chill and he's very easygoing when it comes to sales. He doesn't force anything. Yeah. You know, he's very like like <clears throat> go with the flow kind of guy. I follow Grant Cardone as well yeah. on LinkedIn on Instagram. Um you have to respect his success. For sure. Like n- no doubt. Like he has some principles that are very good. But again, it might be a bit aggressive for my taste. Yeah, me too. Um, sales in my opinion, especially today, shouldn't be about um you know chasing people and you know uh, just you know being very aggressive if you're doing a great job and you have that problem solving ability and, and you know, the approach you know somebody comes to us because they have a challenge and they have a they have a problem we're here to listen understand and then if we can help we can help if not it's just not a not, not a good fit that's how i see sales nice i like that stan this was a great visa insider yeah, I'm very happy that we got to sit down and talk like this. You know, it was like a normal conversation. Yeah, I hope that all listeners got value from it. Everyone at Vesa got value from it, and we should definitely do this again. Yeah, sounds good, man. Cool, man. Great. Yeah.